City again, and it's three, and an absolutely exquisite finish with two and a half minutes to go, and we've talked her up, Darren Hemp, and we've said what a good player she's going to be, and what a fine goal it was to wrap up the FA Cup final. Right, hello and welcome to this episode, this special end of season episode of MCW Fancast. I'm Emma and I'm joined on Zoom. This is something totally different to how we usually do this, but on Zoom with the guys from the OSC. So if everyone would just like to introduce yourselves so everyone knows who's here with us today. Right, start with you, Blandy. Go on, let's get started. Well, hi everyone. Uh, it's obviously Blandy here, um, MCWFC chair. Um, it's nice to see all the guys here on the Zoom, and um, we've missed you all, and uh, hope to see you all again soon. So. Hello, it's Jane here as well, Secretary of the OSC. Um, like Blandy says, we've missed you all, um, so hopefully we'll get to see you all again at some point soon. Hi everyone, it's Jude here, uh, Treasurer of the OSC. Uh, nice to see you all virtually, uh, and looking forward to seeing you all at some point so. hi guys it's dave um osc member um as you know i, I, I usually come on and do the travel stuff with uh, emma on the podcast throughout the season uh yeah so we've missed you and we've missed the games and it's a shame that it's had to end in the way it has but uh, there we go uh, first and foremost i mean how are how is everyone how are you all doing yeah, yeah good. Fine. Still working been working all the way through Years have been working. Jane, you're back at work now, aren't you? I'm back at work now, yeah. Been back for a few weeks now, so just kind of getting used to what that what that means in the real world now. So yeah, it's been strange, but doing okay. So obviously we'll we'll make a start. Uh last Friday we found out how and finally the more information as to how the FA were gonna conclude the season. What have you made of the decision by the FA to obviously conclude the season on a a, point, a, a basic points per game sort of system um, resulting in, in Chelsea winning the league. City, obviously, with a second place finish, so it's guaranteed us Champions League football for next season. Um, and we've also seen Liverpool relegated from the WSL. Um, in the Championship League, we've seen uh, Villa, who will be coming up to the WSL next season. Obviously, had some time to reflect on this now, guys. How do you feel about the decision and... and the result and what it means for City. I think the FA were in a very difficult situation. There's not really any other way they could have awarded kind of the end of season things as far as I'm concerned. I haven't got any bitterness towards Chelsea. Um, I feel if we'd have carried on the season, I think we would have won the WSL title this year. Um, but like I say, no bitterness towards Chelsea or the FA. To be honest, if it was City who'd won it in this situation, I wouldn't be particularly overly celebrating it because it just feels like a bit of a hollow victory. You know, fair play to Chelsea. We've got the Champions League spot, which once all the games had finished playing, that was kind of my aim that I thought we need to be awarded the Champions League place. Um, so, all in all, not not too worried about it. Yeah, fairly similar from me. Um difficult position to be in and I'd rather we had that than null and void um, because if we'd have had to have wiped the record books there'd have been some pretty special matches that would have just been wiped officially you know the the derby that the Etihad you know, Georgia had a hundredth appearance um, you know so, so I'm quite pleased that they they didn't make that decision you know it is what it is 
you know, Chelsea have been awarded the title. They didn't win the title. Same as Jane, if we'd have been awarded it, it's, it's a hollow victory. You know, you haven't gone and won the, the whole league. Shame for Liverpool, but if you're going to award a championship, you have to relegate. You can't do one or the other. Um, so it's really tough for Liverpool. You know, who knows what might have happened at the bottom. It was pretty, pretty dire down there. Um, congratulations to Villa. I think well-deserved uh, coming up. Um, but what I find quite puzzling, and, and if you're a Charlton fan, you're going to be quite happy because you have avoided relegation. You know, I don't understand why the Championship have awarded a title that they didn't relegate. And for me, that comes down to the FA null and voiding the, pre the lower tiers too quickly. You know, you've got the likes of Sunderland and was it Watford, I think, were, no, uh, Sunderland and Crawley were flying at the top of the, uh, the National League, you know, and should have been in a playoff position to, to come up. Um, obviously, that hasn't happened. So, you know, very, very disappointing, obviously, with the history that Sunderland have as well. Um, but it is what it is. You know, we, we go on, we've got the Champions League spot. Let's see what happens with the FA Cup. You know, they say they want to try and play that. Um, and then we crack on for next season, whenever that is. I pretty much agree with what the guys have said already. I really didn't want it to be null and voided for the same reasons Jude pointed out. The Derby win, the win over Arsenal in Nick's last game. You know, there's still been a lot of special memories and I didn't want those to become, you know, um, struck from the record books if it was null and voided. So, realistically... It's an unprecedented decision that they've had to make. There's no right. You're never going to please everybody. Um, just in terms of the WSL I'm talking here, you're never going to please everybody or every fan. You know, it is what it is. Like like the guys have already said, if, if it had gone the other way and awarded to us, I'm pretty sure, yeah, we we have gone down in the record books as champions, but it's not really right. It's not how any fan would want any season to end. So pretty much just echo what the guys have said, really. Even the Chelsea fans, to some extent, have been quite reserved to their celebrations, really, haven't they, as well? Considering how they would have been if it was normal, yeah, I would think they have, yeah. I mean, it, it's in the record books. The club the, the club themselves, officially, are the champions, and they've posted such to say so, which is you know, fair enough. It has been awarded to them, but, you know, as a fan, a true football fan would never want it to have ended in this way, obviously. But And, and, and some Chelsea fans have said that. Yeah, I think because you know, like James saying, we if it continued, we could have probably or even would have, you know, won the league. You know, you have to look back to 2014. It took to that last game. You know, three three teams in it and the third team won it. So if it had continued, say, behind closed doors, it might have been a different result. Um, not a result for the fans because they wouldn't have been there, but. You know, fair place. You know, congratulations to Chelsea being awarded it, as we say. It's just unfortunate. The world's a bit crazy at the moment. We all love football because of what it is. And the, the beauty of football is you, you never know what's going to happen, do you? You know, right. anything can happen on any no, given day. No one could have predicted this. You know? <laughs> no like one. London, like London says, that day, that day Liverpool claimed the title when we beat Chelsea that year. They were in third place and no one fancied them at all. I think Birmingham were in that title better race team. Well. Anything can happen because that's why we love football. That's, that's what it is. I mean, on reflection, how would you summarise our season so far? How would you summarise the season? I keep thinking it's going to come back. Yes, yeah, so on reflection, how would you summarise the season? Well, I'll start with that one. I think, I think obviously, as, as Jane and Blandy and, and indeed Judas pointed out, 
we were we were right in the middle of a really good title race. You know, um, cracking game against Chelsea, superb performance when we beat Arsenal in Nick's last game. A lot of things to be positive about. We were in that title race. Very strongly disagree with uh, comments I've seen about the game away at Chelsea, where it said we weren't really in the game. It was a bit of a hammering. Don't agree with that. I thought we were in that game. If we'd have snatched a draw that day, I think it would have been a fair result. Um, so, you know, it's disappointing. But overall, if you're looking back at City's performance over the season, really pleased with it. Considering, you know, we had major players injured. For big, You know, we had to start the first half of the season without Ellen White, who was our major signing. Uh, Eva Mannion, we lost her. She was another major signing. Uh, KB's not played a game all season. Those are major players for City, but weren't available for large swathes of the season. So to still be in that title race, brilliant. The obvious disappointment being the European venture um, cut very short again. But, you know, overall, I think there's it, a lot of positives to take. That's my opinion. Yeah. I thought we were starting to, to connect more those last couple of games. We were getting, you know, the girls just seemed to flow, you know, the, the game between each other flowed better. I think we were starting to connect and I, I think we were, the strength was going to, you know, get higher. The performance was going to get better and that's why I think we were in chance with winning the league. But I think, you know, we, like you said, Dave said, you know, we, we had players injured, which unfortunate, you know, showed a little bit with some of the matches, but... Uh, our girls were really those last couple of games were just brilliant you know the fight and the, just the, the performance was really good for me like Dave said I mean had we have maybe even had Ellen White from the start of the season I mean I don't think we got her back until about was it December-ish yeah well, she, um, she came on at Arsenal didn't she that was her first game back and she wasn't even fit then so yeah and and you know when you look at what she's contributed to the season you know, we've seen like the likes of like Janine Becky, who's like covered for, you know, Aoife Mannion. And, you know, we've seen her versatility and how she's come on as a player. I mean, for me, there's been a lot of positives, like you say, and if we, if we can carry that into next season, I think it, it's it's shaping up to be already quite exciting for me. Totally I mean, it's a definite improvement from last season. So, you know, we, we lost the league last year on silly draws. You know, this year we've we've lost two games that that's it lost two drawn one you know and the margins are that tight now at, at the top so you can throw Chelsea Arsenal and the City in the mix you know one one game can can lose you the league so I, I think it's it's definitely kicked on from from last year and I think there's been some brilliant performances I mean when you compare the team to the last season uh, for me I, I feel as though the team is more cohesive as a team I've, I've said this before you know, that we're playing more as a team and not as individuals. And I think I've been really impressed by what I've seen this season, um, especially from, you know, and right through the team as well. That You know, there's been a few standout performances by certain players as, as individuals, but that team cohesive and the way that we've been playing as a team has been a lot better. You know, we've seen obviously a spray of goals where we're not, relying on, um, you know, certain individual players like we were relying on Keats last season. You know, we, we, uh, for me, that it's making us a, a, a better team and we're really starting to see that on the pitch. The games that we've lost this season have kind of defined the season for me. So, you know, where you've talked about the Atletico Madrid games, you know, that's, you know, knocked us out of the, the Champions League, the Conte Cup semi-final against Arsenal. We got knocked out of the Cup, you know, but to finish... 
And to think that now, looking back on, on the, the last game that we played against Chelsea, that potentially could have defined our season should we have got the win. It was so hard because it was such a well-fought game and that's from both sides. The, the football that I saw on that day from both teams was excellent. And I, I honestly, I, I'm not disappointed that we couldn't get the win. I'm just, I'm sort of like been thinking about that game and just thinking, wow, if we can, you know, carry that into next season. And I know we all think as fans that, you know, we really can compete, but I really believe that at the moment this squad is is really shaping up to be something special. I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think the big one for me, and I know we'll talk about it later, but it's a replacement for Paulina. You know, if we, if we look back at last season, you know, Paulina was sort of coming back from her injury. Uh, we didn't have Janine for a big chunk of last season due to international, <clears throat> excuse me, internationals and, and travelling. Um, so to have had both of them basically all guns blazing for, for the whole season is has been brilliant. You know, we can talk about Janine, you know, striker, right back, flying wing back, whatever you want to call her. <laughs> to be in know. the next season. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I mean, for, to come in and do a performance like that, um, you know, it's, it's absolute kudos to her, you know, really stepping up for the team on there and I think we've seen a few players in slightly different positions and they've just stepped up and they've got on with it and you know everybody uses the same old you know buzzwords you know we have been more clinical towards the end of the season you know, we've been scoring for fun um so so yeah I think Paulina is going to be a, a miss so I'm definitely interested to see what happens over the summer I mean as um obviously the OSC do their their player of the match uh player of the season sorry um, you've had a lot of those results now and I'm not going to ask you to dive or choose one <laughs> though I am excited to find out who it is I think it's fair to say that there has been a number of contenders this season on, I think this season this season player of the season has been the closest that it's ever been before um, I think there's, there's not a single player that a vote's come through for that I can't argue against there's you know, wherever the votes have come through, you can say, yeah, that player deserves it because of this, this and this. That player deserves it because they've done so well doing this. So I think it's definitely been a really kind of, like you say, cohesive team performance this year. And, and that player of the season vote has just kind of shown that and shone a light on that, that there's so many players who've had absolutely brilliant seasons for us. So, yeah, I think that kind of goes with everything you're saying about the team dynamic and everything this year. Hard one to pick. I think everyone had like, not sometimes you might have a choice between two. I had like five players yeah. in my head, sort of like who. I was the same, and that five went up to six. <laughs> yeah. It is because I mean James got it spot on. There's a perfectly valid argument for so many of the of the team this year. Um, so obviously, when when it's announced, it's going to be great. Um, and, you know, whoever wins it is, is thoroughly well-deserved of it. So let's talk about some of these players then <laughs> that have <laughs> had individual, really. I mean, we've spoke about how good the team has been, but the individual players that have, have really uh, stepped up and, and really stood out this season. I'll start with the few, <laughs> maybe five or six that I thought uh, might... Uh, you can just uh, tell me if I'm right or wrong here, but obviously we've we've got to talk about Ellie Roebuck. She's obviously coming for an injured Cameron Barsley, who's who's been out. Let's be honest for 
all of the season and probably none of us anticipated that that was going to happen because all the way through the season it was kind of yeah she's going to be back in December yeah she's going to be back in March and there was really promising signs from the club that she was sort of getting ready to to come back as well. Ellie's had some really big moments in some really big games and really shone uh, for me this season and I think it's shown her development and how much she's come on as a as a player and and really sort of that confidence as well that you know she's always had but you know it must have done her good this season to to have these games under under her belt if you like yeah I mean definitely I mean KB's not played since the quarter final of the World Cup that that's the last game she played so that's nearly a year ago now but Ellie's just been amazing um, we'd already seen it last year where they kind of split sort of, um, sort of games between them. But yeah, I mean, she's, she's club number one at the moment. England number one in my book um, all day. She's got us out of some some holes, you know, the, the save at the Derby at the Etihad. Yeah, she's just been unbelievable. Her agility, because um, she's not really tall. You know, so the agility that she's got as a young keeper. Um, I'm so glad that she's still in contract for another season. Um, we we need to keep her. If you pardon, that wasn't a pun intended. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, we, we need to make sure that, that we keep her, you know, because there will be other clubs and there have been other clubs sniffing around for her. Mm-hmm. She's definitely, yeah, city and, and country number one all day. One of the other players, Lauren Hemp, for me this season I think especially towards the end of the season she's just been outplayable at times she's been unbelievable and again for a young player to show that maturity in in games big games again you know because we've had those big head to heads and she's really stood out um, once again as just somebody that's just got so much potential and she's going to be a really big player in the future I think yeah, I think, uh, I mean, Lauren's just an amazing footballer. From the very first time we saw her play for Bristol in a game that we won 6-1, and she stood out in that team, and they got beat 6-1 that night. And from that very first time, you thought, you know, there's something there. She's just got that that something that, that the really special players have, a, bit, a little bit of everything, an awareness. She's got unbelievable pace. She's got strength. You know, she's got a football brain, for want of a better term. She's just got everything that you would need to be a top, top player. And it's starting to show. It's starting to show at the top level. It'll start to show in international football um, because she's just got everything that you need, in my opinion. And she has had a fantastic season. She's another one that, you know, is has had just a great season. There's no two ways about it. She's fearless. Fearless. Absolutely fearless. The way yeah. she runs at those defenders and pretty much runs through the defenders. Yeah, she does run through. She runs through yeah. them. Oh, yeah. With age as well, you know, she, you know, she's just got no fear. She's been amazing. She's yeah. someone we've got to keep. You know, we can't be letting someone like her, you know, go. A few of the youngsters, we need to keep them to build a fantastic team. But she, I said to uh, some friends, and I think I've said to Jane and Dave, you know, she is going to be, I think, bigger than Lucy Bronze in the future she's that good she just has she just has everything on on par and on ball great little player i was going to say Gemma bonner 
obviously centre back pairing with Steph Horton. Um, obviously, we lost Jen Beatty last season. I think their relationship on the back has been really good, very consistent uh, for me for the season. And I think she's just as if she's been playing there with Steph for years for me. It, it, it's really tidy. Uh, and I think that she's done a cracking job. I think it's a shame that she's been overlooked for the England team um, this season because I think she's been definitely worthy of a call-up, in my opinion. Definitely. She's had a great season this year, Gemma. Like you say, it's like her and Steph have been a centre-back pairing for, for years. There's never any panic in her. She kind of does a job. She started chipping in with a load of goals this season as well, just to yeah. kind of add to that. And it is strange how you say because she's not had the kind of international recognition, but then they did the team of the season that got put out. And Gemma Bonner was, I think, one of our only players who made it into the team. Yeah, it was so Gemma Bonner, kind of, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's kind of, you know, people do recognise her for the great defender and great player that she is, but it hasn't quite come on the international level yet. She always has been a good defender. She's just, I mean, she was class in the other team that she was in she was great as you know liverpool defender and captain so when oh, she yeah. came to city you knew she was going to slot in she she's a, she's similar to, i think she's similar to steph mentality wise and that and and just like you say she's she's calm she knows what she's doing you knew she was going to be a, a a great part you know being a part of our our squad i think i think when she first came to city she was um employed almost like as a stopgap in some other positions rather than being the main centre-half. You know, we, as you say, we had Jen Beatty, we had Abby uh, playing in those positions pretty much ahead of Gemma. And when they both left, it gave Gemma the, the opportunity to play alongside Steph in the middle. As Blandy says, a really experienced player. People forget how experienced Gemma is. She's, you know, she's been a double title winner, I think, at Liverpool. She's been around a while. She knows this league really well. And it shows, it shows she's really experienced, she's calm. And her and Steph, great partnership for me. I think that's a really big plus for this season, the central defensive partnership. Well, the whole back four, like you say, with Janine filling in at right back. And um, Demi, Demi is another one that doesn't really get the, the credit she deserves. She's so steady. Class um, player. You know, you know, I wouldn't swap Demi for any other one in that position in the whole league. So I think she's the best. And, and, and Gemma's stepped up to that mat this season as well. So it's great. It's fantastic for the team to have so many good players. I feel, I feel like we are just going to end up going for the whole squad here. <laughs> um, um, the other... so just, just on Gemma, though, I mean, they, they released some stats when they did the team of the, of, the, of the year and they compared all of the centre-halves who, oh. were, who were at the She Believes Cup um, and Gemma's stats just wiped the floor with them. You know, for passes and obviously goals and um, you know just the the all round greatness really. But um, but yeah, she's absolutely wiped the floor. So I I really struggle to understand why she's not getting the recognition internationally. But I'm quite happy that she's uh, she's still with us and uh, you know can keep uh, keep doing keep doing what she's doing for City. We've already talked about Janine Becky. She's she's had a fantastic season for City. She's. We've asked a lot of her, uh, and she's delivered almost. Um, you know, she's been assisting. Uh, she's covered it right back. She's, she's just been fantastic. And, and in that role in the right back position, she's almost offered, uh, and a, that she still sort of wants to be involved as a forward player as well. And it's it's just really encouraging to see that she's, 
you know, wanting to, to, to get up there, to get involved and, and create opportunities uh, for us in, in, in vital areas and, you know, almost delivering every time. Yeah, she's understand why the Canadian fans call her Janine the Machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, there must be a song around that somewhere. So, yeah. Get working on that. I think she's she's been outstanding this season, Janine. I think she's massively grown as a footballer. Um, the things that she's had to, the discipline and things like that that she's had to learn within this new role will do nothing but kind of help her to be successful in the future as well. Even if we find that she doesn't stay at right back for us next, I mean, I don't know what the plan is for her next season, whether she'll go back to a more attacking role, whether she'll be in net, whether she'll be right back, whether she, you know, she could be anywhere. But I think the things that she's learnt this season will massively help her develop as a footballer as well. I, well, I think they've already kind of spoken that, especially at an international level with Canada, they've already spoke about how much it's added to a game and a personal development. And, and you know, a player like Janine can only sort of thrive on that and hopefully, you know, it'll continue into next season. I mean, in your opinion, Jane, like, what would you like to see? Would you like to see Janine back up front? Or are you quite happy to see her in that right-back position? Um, I'd, like to, I'd like to see her back up front, I think. Um, I think... She's able to offer more in the sense of assists and goals and things like that. She's definitely got that side to a game more that that when she's playing at right back, she can't do in the same way. Um, so, I mean, if she, you know, if she wanted to carry on as a right back, I don't think anyone would complain. But I personally would like to see her kind of in a more attacking position again when possible. And I was gonna, I was gonna finish. And apologies if I've kind of missed anyone out or you guys want to chip in here, but. I think we've also got to mention Ellen White. Um, I think, she, you know, for what she's contributed for the, the second half of the season, at least, if you like, um, has been really impressive. And it's great to have the type of calibre of player that Ellen White is now in the squad and, and contributing like she is. Yeah, Ellen obviously would be in a major signing last, last summer and then I'm to start the season without her um, was a blow, wasn't it? Because, you know, I think... Uh, Nick at the time I planned that she he was going to be she was going to be his main thrust up front. We were lucky in that realm that Pauline had such a good season with so many goals. Twenty, I think she scored twenty two. Brilliant. It's nice to have two strikers up front with Pauline leaving now. I think that might be a priority again this season to find someone that can play up front both with Ellen and you know rotate with Ellen. Ellen again very very experienced in this league. I was very happy when we signed her because I knew that she was going to score goals. Because that's what she does. She does it in the international level. She does it in this league. Uh, great signing. And I'm not surprised that Ellen's fitted in and scored goals, to be honest with you. That's what I'm trying to say. It doesn't surprise me because I've always rated her. I've seen her have some great games against us for Birmingham. Um, so, yeah, I'm really happy with Ellen. Keep her fit. First choice striker for me next season. Is there anything anybody else would like to add on? Or? We could chip in with more. Like you say, we could go for the whole squad. You could mention Caroline Weir's had a great season. Um, you know the, the youngsters that have come through so many players have had good seasons that you know we're, people say we're bound to say that because we're City fans but you know this season I think, I think most players have improved Yeah, and that, that can only be a good thing yeah I agree with that from what I've seen this season I've been really impressed by the football that I've seen as a spectacle as well you know it's it's been nice and I think like you said I mean we talk about the positives I mean it's been a difficult season you know, if you look at the fact that, you know, we lost Nick as a manager, you know, 
for me at a crucial time as well it was it's sad that we lost him when we when we did and he couldn't see the team to the sort of like to the end of the season if you like but I mean Alan Mann's come in and he's done a great job to carry the team towards you know to the end point of the season um to keep that continuity as well and it's great to see that he will still be involved with the squad moving forward for next for next season as well. I mean, how have you felt uh, about the appointment of Gareth Taylor coming in? And- yeah, I'm happy with the signing. I'll be honest and say I was surprised because I thought this time around, kind of, you know, Nick came through City's academy in a similar way to Gareth's been appointed. I thought this time around that City would decide to go for a bigger name that was out there in the world of, of women's or men's football. Um, so I was, I was surprised at first, but really happy with the appointment I think he knows the club he knows the culture he knows the ethos of the club he knows kind of what the playing style's like um you know he's familiar with the players he's got success at all the levels that he has kind of coached with so far so I think it could turn out to be a really really canny appointment I think he'll also uh, bring the youngsters through you know, if we'd had a big name, who's to say they wouldn't have, one, brought their own staff along with them and then also wanted to just bring in players from other countries and we would have lost that, you know, that growth through the through the ranks. Um, would, would we have lost some really talented players uh, because they wanted to bring other players in? So I think it. I think it's a great appointment. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I've been lucky enough to see the under 18s men's team played over the last couple of seasons. And Gareth's been in charge of those. They've won the Premier League under 18s League Cup to both both those seasons. They play in the you know, for want of a better term, the city style. You know, the the passing from the back football is is fluid. Uh, interchangeable positions, and I think that's what City want throughout the club. They want to be known to to be a you know, not only a successful football team, but to, to play in a certain way. And uh, I think it's a great appointment. I really do. I think, um, you know, if anything, he, he comes into the job um, more successful in, in an academy terms, uh, higher up the ladder than, than Nick did when he did it. But Nick also had to deal, obviously, with it being a new team and there was all that. Gareth's got it going into it established. As you said, keeping Alan, uh, Alan Mann, Chris and the backroom staff, I think that's a positive because... Consistency is very under, you know, underrated in football. And managers change, and they change the whole backroom stuff. You're then saying you might might take them a year, the players to get used to the new way of working, the new regime. It shouldn't happen this time. I think like on a day-to-day basis, we might see the players' uh, regime stay the same. Gareth will have his own ideas, obviously that they want to implement, but and his staff will do that. So I'm really pleased to see that the Alan and Chris Williams and people like that have stayed in in, in situ, and. I'm really happy with the appointment of Gareth. It is great to see the backroom staff stay uh, because, I, I mean, as, as fans, I know you've got a, a good relationship with them as well, but I feel that, um, you know, they're, they're good for the team. As You know, they, mm. they ha- seem to have a really good relationship and it's great that the dynamic in that respect won't change too much. It won't upset anything. You know, we should be able to just... Gareth should just be able to come in and, and put his ideas upon the team and, and have those discussions and implement those ideas and yeah. try things out and just um, it'll, it'll help him settle in as well, I think. Right, guys, so um, we loads of games this season, quite a few standout games. 
Uh, but I just want to go around and just ask you guys what's been your game of the season. Well, I suppose the derby. Yeah. And it's got to be the game of the season. Just the whole it's thing. <laughs> just the whole thing. It was just Two amazing. Um, yeah, just amazing. Although uh, the Chelsea match was a great, great game. But yeah, just the whole shebang was amazing. Mm. I think I think the derby was obviously a massive occasion for the for the for the club for the team playing at the Etihad. It was a big occasion for us here at the OSC because we were guests of the club, uh, and the guys got to go you know on the blue carpet and things like that. So it's a very very special day for us and everything. Purely on the football side of things, um, obviously that that Chelsea game was amazing. It pretty much had everything, didn't it? That three all drama, end to end, two teams really going for it. You know, no one was sitting back that day. It was really good. Two, the two best teams as well, really going for it. That was special. So, probably just pick that. I also would like to point out the Arsenal game and Nick's last game was also a great performance. But if you force twisted my arm to choose a, a game that had a bit of everything, I'd go for the Chelsea game. Yeah, I'm going to be really boring here, and I'm going to say the uh, the the derby at the Etihad. I mean, it's what a way to open a season. Um, and I, I'm going to have to admit this now, but I actually missed Caroline Weir's goal because I was too busy with Rachel Brown finish. Kick her out of that. <laughs> on, on oh, way back. Yeah. Andy missed in, it and all, don't worry. There's, there's quite a few <laughs> missed it. In the tunnel club. Um, so, so, yeah, Ra- Rachel missed it as well. So yeah, we were both... Uh, sorry, I'm just name-dropping there. So we were both having to watch it on the uh, on the journalist little <laughs> TV screens. So... Uh, Prawn sandwich brigade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ran out onto the top there to watch it. <laughs> well, on the big screen. So, yeah. I, I saw the replay, but I mean, the, the occasion was great. As Dave said, we were we were invited guests uh, from from the club as well, which was was an honour. Um, the Chelsea game, I think my heart rate finally caught back to normal about an hour or so afterwards. Um, you know, that was an amazing game. Um, probably better for a neutral than than for a fan because um, it was quite 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 an early game. Um but yeah and then obviously the Arsenal the, the home game when Nick left as well. That was quite quite emotional. Um but yeah I mean there's other other things and stuff that we've done over the over the year but footballing they're they're definitely the, the call outs. I've got a different I've got a different favourite game for you. You know what one of my favourite games and days out this season was Reading Away. It was quite early on in the season. It was probably I don't it might have even been September. But it wasn't even just the football. It was just such a good day out. It was sunny. There were so many City fans there. It was a really good day. <laughs> Days like that, uh, kind of, if people don't travel to away games, then just come to a day like that and it's such a good day out. You know, we all had we all had ice lollies off the backroom staff after the oh, game. Hold on. No, 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 no. No, we didn't all have ice lollies. Oh, yeah, you sorry. had an ice lolly. None of us did. It was just I you. Had one, I think someone else had one as well. There might have been two. <laughs> you know. Pauline, Pauline to sign the stick or something. Yeah, Pauline signed me lolly stick afterwards <laughs> after the game. Pauline so signed random. me lolly stick. Just genuinely, at that point, I'd, I'd had such a really good day out that day, and I said, when she signed it, she's like, "Why do you want me to sign your lolly?" Stick? <laughs> I was like, "I said because it'll just remind me of what a, an amazing day out we've had today." You know, she'd scored two goals in that game. We won. It was just, it was a really good day. We had such good banter with the Reading fans. It was Lee dancing as well, wasn't she on the pitch? 
And it turns out that might be one of our last uh, last trips to that ground now after Reading have moved stadiums to the Majeski Stadium for next season. So that'll be a a kind of a new ground for all of us. That's a really good move from Reading. Well needed as well, though, to try and up their attendances because it's an absolute mess to get to Adams Park. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably going to save them a lot of money as well because obviously, I can't remember which the rugby club that was sharing there. Um, are now gone to to Brentford. I think they've gone a season early, so you know it's going to be a lot a lot cheaper for Reading. I think obviously we've seen quite a few players go at the end. Well, a couple of days ago, um, but I think the the other that that reminds me. You say like random places. So for me, the best location that I've been to last season was Lugano. Um, we did the Champions League away trip um, to Switzerland, and. You know, the, it, you're right on the lake, um, Lake Lugano. It was really hot. Uh, the stadium is in the footholds at the foot of the mountains. So the backdrop was just amazing. Uh, the, the club, Manchester City, looked after us. Lugano looked after us as well. Um, you know, it was, it was fantastic. You know, like, like Jane says, it's, sometimes it's the, the things that are a little bit different from the norm um, are the bits that stand out. For me, I, you can't not mention the derby. Uh, at the Etihad but I actually really enjoyed the game against Birmingham uh, where we won 2-0 and uh, Ellen scored the opener really quick yeah quick succession goal um, which set us up nice and then Kira Walsh with some <laughs> <laughs> from nothing uh, wonder goal it was just fantastic and uh, really enjoyed that one and then uh, I, I really enjoyed the Ipswich game the FA Cup. I mean, I know we kind of <laughs> ran away with that game, but the fans were great. The Ipswich yeah. fans that travelled all that way, and and you know the conversations that we had with them, and you know the engagement that we'd had in in the build up to that game with the the Ipswich fans for me was was brilliant. And um, they were so dedicated as fans, and uh, I just really enjoyed that day for for the for the banter and just meeting them you know, and welcome him to the academy and, you know, they had a great day out despite the result for them. But, you know, they, they loved the fact that, you know, that in their history, the first time that they were in, a, you know, in that round of the, the FA Cup and it was just really nice to see, I thought. And I just they, really enjoyed that day. They never, yeah, but their, their squad, their team, their players, they, they didn't just, you know, stand back and let it happen. They actually tried to, you know, take City on you know they had some talented players and they just didn't sit back and say right you know it's obvious we're going to get beaten by loads they actually tried to you know take us on mm-hmm. and they got that young player Gray oh she's a talent a bit, I, yeah I think there's been a number of standout games but to finish to finish the season at this point with that game against Chelsea at the Academy Stadium for me was some of the best football I'd seen them play this season. Um, it was a real end-to-end game. Um, it was a great atmosphere as well in the Academy and it was just it was just a great day. Even though we didn't get the result, I just fully enjoyed it and I think um, I'm looking forward to more of those sort of games and next season because they have become the, the league has become really competitive and I think the standard uh, is, the bar is sort of getting getting you know higher and, and we're, we're seeing that more competitive edge and I think we've seen more fans as well but hopefully we can 
we can build on that for next season. I mean, how would you feel, guys, about having more showpiece games at the Etihad? Or are we happy that we were just sort of able to have that one derby for the opener? Is it something you'd like to see again maybe next season? I think, for me, the aim still has to be filling the academy stadium on a on a regular basis. Don't get me wrong, I loved every minute of that game at the Etihad. I love the fact that 30,000 people turned out to watch it. I love the result. I loved everything about it. But the the aim has got to be kind of converting that into regular attendants who come to the academy stadium. Um, so I don't mind the odd showpiece game here and there. But for me, it's more about filling the academy. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you, Jane. And I think, you know, City didn't just dish out loads and loads of free tickets. You know, it was a you paid for your ticket, um, as opposed to some of the other clubs where it was uh, come along for free. Um, so people are willing to pay for, for the product. So it is it's about converting, getting those people who've gone to the Etihad to see the game. And yes, it was a men's international break, um, but you know we need to start seeing numbers coming up. I think for the licensing for this season, it's a 2020 minimum per game as part of the WSL licensing criteria. So most times we reach that and we, we smash through that, but there's other times where, where we don't come anywhere near it, you know, mid, mm. midweek. <laughs> um, you, you're not going to get it. So it's it, how, how do we get those numbers up? But yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Jane. The, the Etihad experience was amazing. You know, yes, it would be great to see them there, but we need bums on seats in the CFA. So we're going to move on to goal of the season. I'm that confident that we're all going to say the same thing. I'm just going to go one, two, three, and then who you think scored the goal of the season. <laughs> okay, so after three, one, two, three. Wait. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> right. I was just going to shout Pauline Bremer for a laugh. But... <laughs> and, and I was going to say Ethan Mannion's penalty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fancy having the goal of the season, the opening day of the season. What a strike! Well, we, we were sat on the other side of the ground to, to these guys for that, and and we had the perfect view. The minute she hit that, it was in. The minute it left the boot, you could see we were right behind it, and it was going right in the top corner from the minute she hit it. And it was a wonderful goal, and really fitting, really, when you look at the context of the game it was in. You know, people now remember it. You know, not only was it the City women's best goal, I think it was one of the City's best goals in the Etihad this last season as well. It was just a stunning strike. There have been other goals, you're right. The one you mentioned before, Emma, that Kira's at Birmingham was a quality finish, the way she just chipped that into the top corner and, you know, sort of like lobbed it over everybody. There's been other goals. Um, but obviously, the, the, the furore around the first derby at the Etihad meant that that Caroline Weir goal did go around the world and a lot of people have seen it and... Um, you know, I think I think I think that's goal of the season, really. If I'm being honest, essentially, it could have been Paulina Bremer bicycle kick that never was yeah. <laughs> as well. Had that have gone in, uh, but it was a good. It just it just sort of got safe by the keeper, didn't it? But the technical ability. I mean, again, she's shown for me uh, her technical ability as a player. She is able to um, read the game really well and adapt. You know, when and her movement is quality on the ball. She's just been scoring for fun, hasn't she? I am really going to miss her. I am really. We will. We will. I'm, I'm, we I'm will miss her. Jane. 
I am genuinely, genuinely gutted that she's that she's gone. Yeah. I just the way the way I keep looking at it, and I don't know if you guys feel the same. I, I think me and David spoke about this before, but it, you know, for for me, for Paulina, I think obviously she had such a serious injury that kept her out for so long, and it almost felt that she took a while to find a sort of way back into the team and. Uh, you know, to get in those regular sort of call-ups to the starting eleven and and getting the minutes on the pitch, and and this season she's really, really, really found her form and come into her own and just shown, you know, as a player what she can contribute to a team. And I think it's great to see her go out on a high rather than go out sort of not being able to get that game time. I'm glad she had her moment to show us what she could do. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, um, that was a horrific injury that she had one. And, you know, she'd only just come. She scored her first goal in that game and then horrific injury. Um, so it is good to see her back. And she's been brilliant this season. 22 goals. I do think it's going to be a priority to replace those goals. I think we had a similar problem last year and we did it, you know, because we lost Keats and she scored the majority of the goals for us the season before. And we went and got Ellen White. Um, I think we've got a similar problem now. We need to find someone. Um you know, you can replace those goals. And it's, that a hard, it's, it's a hard one because you almost, I think Nick has spoke about this in a past way, you almost have to look at, you know, the teams that you're competing against to almost get that quality player that you feel would be enough to replace the quality player that you're losing, if you like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. a difficult decision. Would you like to see a, another youth player come in that perhaps has got potential that we can develop? Well, striker-wise, there's obviously there's, there's Jess Park. I mean, she's shown incredible potential. You know, she knows where the net is. She's got great finishing ability. Scores a lot of goals, you know, coming through the academy sides. And has, has scored. Indeed, already scored a hat-trick in the game. You mentioned the, the Ipswich game. Um, so there's potential there. There's potential there. But, I mean, you don't want to pile too much pressure onto a young player's shoulders week in, week out. So, you know, they might not want to put her in as a... Um, you know, straight away sort of thing. They just introduce her a little more gradually and, you know, she's certainly got the potential to become a top striker in the WSL. Um, it depends which way, you know, Gareth and Gavin and the club, you know, want to develop the team. Yeah. I mean, it's almost when you talk about sort of like pressure on, on young shoulders is, you know, next year, I think we could all probably agree that I think a priority for the club will be looking to do better in the Champions League. And we said it last season, uh, didn't quite pay off. Um, I think definitely this net, this coming season, it's really something that fans are going to be, you know, and players club and everyone's going to be, you know, striving for a better run in the, in the Champions League. So do we always have to look there for, for that experienced player to, to contribute? I, I think so. You know, if, if they want to focus on the Champions League and the, the WSL, then we, we need... We need some good caliber player to to come in. Um, yeah, but, but it's also interesting. We've seen other top names come into the team that that haven't settled for whatever reason as well. Um, you know, so so it'd be interesting. I mean, yeah, you know, there's talk of Marisan. That should be great. I'd love to see her at City. Um, <clears throat> A harder or either Pior or you know some somebody like that but um it's it's tough you know yeah we went around um more this year but obviously we came up against Atletico are they still in it I can't remember were they still in the Champions League or did they get knocked out I can't remember um but you know they'll be going up their coefficients 
obviously this year is the is the last year um, of the of the seeding, you know, because it, then it goes to group stages, but um, which may give a better chance. Um, but but for this year, yeah, we we definitely need someone or some a few people who can come in and really boost that squad with the experience. Because whilst the likes of you know, Georgia's still really young and she's been playing really well. Kira's still really young. You know, she's old beyond her years, but it's it's probably a wee bit too much for the likes of Lauren or Jess um, to put it all in their hands. You know, they, they need to boost it up front. So it definitely needs to be a like-for-like -like replacement for Paulina. What do you feel that City have done really well this season and, and what do you think Gareth will probably look at in terms of improving for next season? Well, that's a difficult question, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I think, as I said before, <laughs> centre-forward, obviously. Improve it. Depend, I suppose it depends if who leaves, you know, if certain players leave. I know there's some rumours about certain players, you know, leaving. Um, but I think what Gareth might do is he might want to just... There's no point in letting a player leave and then you need to replace that player and spend money and find another player... You know, so um, I think uh, he'll want to assess the whole squad first and see what he's got. Um, then he might prefer certain players to play slightly different way to Nick preferred it. You obviously get that with managers. I think you've got to let him just take stock of his squad uh, and make some decisions. But I think my personal thing is, as I said before, would be a priority would be a centre forward. Other than that, I think it might just be just seeing if anyone goes and letting him take a good look at the squad and seeing what he feels we need. Megan Campbell obviously has uh, signed a year deal this, this week, which is good news. You know, we've seen a lot of players commit to the club this uh, over the last few months as well. And Megan was saying, I've got a quote, hold on a minute. <laughs> so, uh, she's excited by getting coached by Um He's driven and passionate about the club. He's going to bring something different to the team in terms of style of play and the way we approach things, and she's intrigued. So it could be that, like Dave says, he does look at the style of play. You know, a lot of fans have said that we need to adapt and, and, and be better and change our game plan when, you know, things aren't going our way because sometimes, you know, we can be a bit predictable with the playing out from the back that Dave, you know, mentioned before. Is that something you would like to see from a new manager? Or are you happy with the way and the, the style of play that we're playing at the moment? Is it a kind of, if it's not broke, don't fix it kind of thing, you feel? I'm happy with the style of play that we play in general. I think it's always good to have a few other things up your sleeve so that if a certain thing isn't working in a game, you've got other ideas and you've got other plans as to how you'll see that game out. I think some people's criticism of Nick in the past has been uh, lack of substitutions and things like that. So maybe, you know, with Gareth, he might decide actually he's going to put early substitution on and change something in the game a little bit earlier. So obviously it's all kind of guessing until we see what goes on, until we see kind of next season come out and we'll see the style and everything else that we do. But I think in general, I'm, I'm happy with the style of football that we play, but it's always good to have a few tricks up your sleeve and a few backup plans. With uh, Gareth taking over the squad, there are a few players in there that we've not seen all that much of this season. Um, we spoke about Matilda and, and maybe Tyler Tolan and Lee and 
you know, those few players that we've perhaps not seen all that much of this season, is that something you'd like to see more of from Gareth next season, sort of utilising those players that have not had that many minutes this season? Yeah, yeah. you've got to ask yourself, why, why haven't they mm. had that opportunity? You know, we obviously don't know what goes on in, in training and you could probably throw Laura Coombs into that mix yeah. as well. You know, we haven't seen so much of her. I mean, she came and scored a great goal against, I think it was Sheffield, wasn't it? She scored against... Uh, yeah. yeah, I believe so. Um, you know, and, and, and Matilda as well. I think, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how how it looks next season. Like I say, the, you know, our style of play is good, but yeah, I, I can only echo, you know, sometimes it's the, you know, we're crying out for a sub, you know, let's try and change something to, to get, to sort of really kill the game off. Um, but I think for, for me, it's the right back position is the, is the interesting one. I think it's, uh, there's a lot of people who've played right back this year. Um, a lot of people who, you know, are in that squad who should either be playing it or they can't for, for whatever reason, whether it's injury or not fit enough. Um, so, yeah, I'm quite interested to see on how, who ends up there. Because I don't know how long Aoife's got till she's back. And typically she's a centre-half. Have you got any ideas, Jude? Well, you know, there's the there's the old rumour mill that somebody might come back from Leon. You oh, know, good <laughs> clearly you wouldn't say no to that, would you? But uh, um, but you've also got young Esme Morgan. You know, is she gonna? She's finishing her loan deal at Everton. What's going to happen there? Well, I believe the the loan comes to an end, so she's coming back, as far as I know. Well, that's a perfect example of what I was saying. Where he might want to take stock of what he's got. You know, he might not have seen Esme play with her not being here. She had a good season. So he might want to see Esme play, see what she offers to the team before he makes decisions. That's that's the kind of um, situation I meant before, you know, letting him take stock of players that he's already got. Then he can prioritise players he hasn't got or positions he feels he needs to fill. Es- Esme's a very good example of that, of that kind of position. Funny enough, I listened back to... Um... The, when we sat down in Mary D's and we we did sort of our thoughts of how we thought the season might go and everyone echoed the sentiment that Esme Morgan going to uh, Everton would be a really good thing for her and it genuinely has been a really mm. good thing for her. I mean, how how well has she actually done for Everton? I mean, she's she's mm. had so many minutes. I I feel that it's in, improved her as a player. Um, and she's, you know, got a lot from that experience that she's had by, you know, spending that time there. And she seems to have done really well. And, and it would be nice to hopefully get her back and, and see how much she can do and contribute as a player for, for City, hopefully. She can get some more minutes. Willie Kirk's a really good manager. you only got to look at, you know, Claire Emsley from Bristol when he was there. Then with Lauren Hemp from Bristol when he was there. You know, they've come and they've, they've delivered for City. Um, and and Esme is getting the same benefits now. Now at Everton, you know she's she's almost been one of their their top players this year. Do you worry? Yeah. I think because Georgia Broham, see Georgia Broham was on loan at Birmingham and she's gone back to Everton. I think she was sent. She is centre half with with Gabby George. So potentially that's Esme role's gone. I don't know. I wouldn't like to see. Everton make an offer for her but I would understand why they would like to because she has been so good for them and with Esme signing that professional contract for City I almost feel she has got loyalty to City and 
it, it wouldn't necessarily be an option as you will more than likely return. Yeah, and her and her family are true blues as well. Yeah. I think obviously a season playing for Everton, you know, a good side in a good league is much better for, for Esme, that we said this at the start, than, than sitting on our bench playing the odd game here and there. For her development as a player to play every week will have been fantastic. Uh, she's got good reviews. I've kept an eye on the, uh, you know, the reviews of her, how she's played and stuff. And there's nothing but positivity come out. So that's brilliant for her. It's brilliant for us. Hopefully she'll come back. And as you say, she's a, you know, a big City fan, so she might want to play for us. Uh, that could well be a position that, that, that you know, that we fill with, with Esme. It was announced this week by Kelly Simmons that the um, the league is set to hopefully restart on the 5th and 6th of September. I think, I think Jude, you kind of mentioned about the possibility of that being played behind closed doors. And How do you feel about that? Well, the 5th and 6th of September, if I'm right, are men's international breaks. So that's why they wanted to start that weekend because potentially they may be looking to do something similar that they did at the start of this season. We don't know where, as a country, we're going to be with the with the coronavirus pandemic, and and whether players will still need to be tested on a regular basis and all all, all that stuff. So, getting the WSL start and seeing the women rattle around in the ad to have behind closed doors, it no, no. If 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 you want players in the stadium, if you're going to do a big show showpiece game like that. For me, it still comes down to, is it safe? Is it financially viable? You know, the whole reason that we, that the league was curtailed was clubs don't have the money to actually keep going uh, with all of the testing and everything that, that has to be done. So that's, that's why pretty much everybody wanted to, to stop. Um, so who's to say it would be any different come September? As a fan, for me, you know, football's for the fans. You know, you're seeing stories out of whether it's the Bundesliga and stories coming out of the Premier League that you, know, you can have a cardboard cut out and we'll pipe some fan noise music. And if you're on Sky, you can choose your audio. You know, do I want to hear the crowd back? It's like that. For me, that just stinks of desperation. But there's a lot more money in the men's game than there is in the women's game. So maybe why that's they've gone down that route. But no, I'm, I don't like the idea of playing behind closed doors. You know, there, there's no money in it. That's, that's just my opinion. And I would agree with you there, kind of, you know, I understand safety has to come first and that has to be paramount. So if at the end of the day they make a decision and it's based on safety that people can't be there, then, you know, that's a different conversation. But to me, football, it's not, it's not just about the game of football. It's not just about you know, 22 players kicking a ball around a pitch. It's about spending time with friends and you meet up with other people and it's the whole atmosphere of the day and everything, just just everything about it that you do on, on a match day. It's not it's not only about the game. It's not only about kind of, oh, well, what's the score in this one? It's, it's so much more than that. And I think for people who go and watch live football, it's, it's something, it's a very different experience to watching it on the TV. So, you know, it's not something I'm a fan of behind closed doors. Depending on how they change the, the, you know, the distancing and the safety regulations, even if they could play it as in the home, you don't get to go to the away matches, but you could play, you know, you could go and watch a home match, but you had to be a season card holder. And I think there's, 
the grounds are big enough to spread all those season card holders out. But they, it would have to be home match only. Unfortunately, you wouldn't get to go away. But there would be enough. They, they, I think they would get also, um, the sales were, would obviously go up on the season card, but you would still have the room in each of the stadiums for the teams to spread the fans out. You know, so we at least get to see something. The safety would be there, you know, the distancing would be there, and that you know the players would have that you know true live fans reaction. Okay, it's going to be home fans, but I think that could work. It just unfortunately you won't be able to go to an away match. Quite this interesting week. with all of the um, requirements because each club has had to. Uh, they now have to have a COVID nineteen officer or whatever you want to call mm. it. Because it's, and I get what you're saying, Blandy, you know, there's not enough people who go to the games at the moment. So in theory, technically, numbers, you could spread yourselves around the, the Academy Stadium. But I think it's everything else that goes with it that they're talking about. So it's things like, we're, there's no other club in the WSL that has their own ground. You know, everybody ground shares, um, even City Women ground share with the EDS and sometimes the under-18s. Um, so it's it's still the fixture issue that that's still there. Um, so it's then the cleaning as well, the deep cleaning between all the different games as well. So if you're playing, one team's playing on a so say Birmingham. So Solihull Moors are playing on the Saturday. Birmingham Women are playing on the Sunday. So it's about doing the cleaning between the games. It's the things like toilet facilities. It's things like getting people into the ground. You know refreshments. Drink, you know, all that all that kind of stuff that goes around it as well. Because I thought that, first of all, as well, oh, the grounds are big enough. Mm. Um, but it's when you start to think about the logistics is, yeah. and getting people to the games as well, you know, we put coaches on, you know, to pretty much every away game last season. You know, if, if we were able to travel, how would we do it? You know, would we need to make people wear masks or, you know, and all of that stuff that goes on in the periphery other than the, the 90 minutes. So it's... It's, it's difficult and again I wouldn't want to be making that decision um, mm. around all of that it's it's really tough yeah that's why I said like if it was literally you could only do your home games because you'd only have you would say that the, the people attending have to be season card holders but home fans only because you wouldn't have that you know traveling to the, to the matches but it, I suppose, in, you know, there is that, obviously, like you say, the cleaning that's involved and the testing. The way um, the lockdown stroke, non-lockdown in this country, it, places are opening up and the dis social distancing, you know, today they were talking about, you know, is it going to get smaller? But obviously safety comes first. It's just a, it was just a thought that a way of getting some sort of uh, fans into games. Yeah. Uh, it is a really hard one, isn't it? Because what? Yeah. We've got what? Is it about four hundred season ticket holders for the I women's don't game? Know, to be honest, anymore, it might be a few more than that by now. Yeah. So even the the logistics, obviously, fans have got to travel to the academy stadium, car or public transport, so it's one. But then it's the you know the stewarding of that as well. So it is. It's it's really really tough. I don't I don't know what the right answer is, but there is yeah. I know that, you know, obviously whatever happens, all, all clubs would adhere to the guidelines. But um, 
I think yeah. I think what will happen is that we'll have to wait and see where we stand near the time, and the decisions will, as you say, will pretty much be taken out of our hands. I don't think they'll do a, um, a half and half fix. I think it'll either be you can go uh, with these certain you know things in place, or you can't. Yeah. And at the moment, it would be if it was you know now with like with the men's, it's you can't go, and that's it. But hopefully. We might see an improvement between now and September. That's Nobody it. knows the answer to that. There's no easy answer. Um, it's not a great situation across everything, is it? So it's not. It, I mean, nothing's going to happen. As uh, going on, um, obviously, I where I work, I get to meet people uh, who work at the MEN and that, and obviously clubs and that and places where the masses do come. You got the MEN who obviously got seating and what have you. Their staff were told about a month or so ago that they're not looking at having them back until at least, at least January. So it's it's not as though it's feasible to have fans in a football ground. So I think there's a lot to learn from the Bundesliga at the minute and, and potentially the Premier League when it returns and... I think for everyone at the moment, and I'm not just talking about football, I'm talking about as a whole, is that we as individuals, as companies, as businesses, as small businesses, as independent workers, will learn to adapt and find our own way of adapting to these uh, government guidelines. And, you know, I feel like that's going to be the same for for, for clubs as well I mean we don't know what things are going to look like in three four months time but it, it looks as though it, and it feels as though things will be different it's all that uncertainty and the honest answer is that nobody really knows and not even the clubs to an extent really know so it will be no. obviously one that I'm sure media outlets will cover for, and cover quite closely we're just going to have to buy the time and just see what's what in the future I mean it's the to be hopes that we can start the season with fans I'm sure that's what all clubs want and that's what you know supporters want to be there and support support their clubs let's hope that keep moving forward and and not go any further behind and and just keep positive about it I suppose keep our fingers crossed we just want the season to start and so really? what I found quite refreshing is the fact that the WSL haven't just followed what the Premier League are going to do. You know, the, the, the WSL needs to do, and the Championship, the whole, the whole period, you know, they need to do what's right for them. Yeah. You know, you and don't I think have to go and follow someone else. Yeah, and I think that's, that was made a bit clear, I think, by like Kelly Simmons when she spoke to media in the week, is that she has been quite um, forthcoming with how things are starting to look and and that uh, financial aspect they you know talked about that as well so it seems as though that you know the investment is still the money is still there so hopefully we might not see where that goes or how that's going to be used but the money is still there and you know the prize funds are still there and that the financial aspects in that respect is still there and that they are working closely with the clubs who might need it more support than others to see how they can help and have that consultation so let's just hope that that's a positive thing and that we can remain you know sustainable moving forward and you know let's get the fans hopefully back through the turnstiles and getting that revenue back into the to the clubs and the grounds we've had some fan questions 
and I, and we've we have kind of touched up upon this. I mean, we've had one from from GT ninety four on Instagram. What are your expectations for the transfer window, and who do you think might come to City? Now, I'm <laughs> I don't like rumors, but you <laughs> know, <laughs> oh, I love a good rumor. No, I don't like rumors. <laughs> I like good clear cut news. Uh, <laughs> uh, but there have been a lot of names banded about obviously we've seen a lot of players um especially over the last week um in the wsl in particular players that are leaving clubs respectively so potentially there is a big pot <laughs> of players uh, who would you be looking to maybe to, to bring into strength of the squad this season? Shan't announce she's left yet. If you had a choice. <laughs> Bronzy. I was going to say, we, if we need a right back still, we'll have Lucy Bronze. <laughs> <laughs> she's all right, isn't she? We'll have Tony Duggan back up front with Ellen. Yeah, Tony. Back. Um, I mean... We don't know, do we? we Carly Lloyd something. must be free, surely. Carly Lloyd, yeah. There's some good players been released by, by clubs this, you know, moving on. I mean, I, mean, I saw Poppy Pattinson, it was, you know, she's um, she's yeah. going to be available. She's leaving Bristol. So I would think, I think the rumour are that she might be going to happen. They're all rumours. Nobody knows anything at the moment. It's that time of year, isn't it now? Um, speculation it's even worse because it's lockdown and nobody's got anything exactly yeah i mean i saw (laughs) i saw some of the journalists saying it's difficult for players to go and actually speak to new teams at the moment you know to to thrash out contracts and stuff like that and go and actually see the surroundings it's going to be difficult this year unless it's done beforehand (laughs) blandy keeps teasing us don't she with little comments like that you know Yeah. We'd all love to see. I mean, Lucy's a quality player. She's one of the best players in yeah. the world, certainly in her position. We all know that. She was when she went, and she still is now. If she came back to City, I can't think many City fans would not be happy with that because she's such a good player. It is It is really hard to speculate. Um, <laughs> it, if Lucy Brown was to come back to City, like you said, it would be she'd be welcome back with open arms, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but again, it's all speculation. But you know, I mean, there's, yeah, been, a lot, uh, there's been a lot. Of all, she's forward. She's back. She's also on attack. <laughs> we, we all we all love a bit of rumour. It's what it's what it's what gets us through the summer in a normal year. So it's bound to be uh, in a full overdrive this year. Esme Morgan potentially could return back to City at the end of her loan. Um, we've signed. Uh, and a, a year extension with Megan Campbell this week. Paulina Bremer, we know that she's leaving for Wolfsburg now. Uh, there's been rumours that potentially Tessa Wallach could could be on her way out. She's spoken quite openly about her time at the club and, you know, those rumours keep circulating all the time. Again, not one to speculate, but her name has been banded about quite a lot. You know, like you said, because of COVID, are we going to see uh, business done uh, when the transfer window opens or will we see it sort of towards the end of of you know come september come sort of late august as to when things might hopefully get back to normal and like um sorry i don't know who said it jude or dave said about um you know players going seeing the facilities and Mm. and having those conversations in person rather than probably like how we're doing this now over zoom which has just become the common way to communicate these days Um, i think i think you might see a late flurry of, of moves yeah confirmed 
late, say late August time, if, if the league is going to start on that 5th or 6th of September. They might well be done prior to that, but they won't be confirmed or released officially until, say, halfway through August. You might see that uh, a big flurry of not just those all clubs I'm talking about. It's, it is a different sort of year, so it, it, you might find there are a few differences this year to how it would normally be. You might see differences with international players or international transfers as well, because whilst you know most most governments are saying non-essential travel only, you know that potentially could you know, cause problems for people who may have come from one country to, to England or England somewhere else. Mm. Um, you know, we, we've obviously seen the things around some of the Leon players potentially going to the US and then, or they might be coming to a club in England or because varying accounts and, and ways you're allowed to or not allowed to travel to, to the United States at the moment. So, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, and there's also kind of, players who might decide it's not the right time for them to leave a country that they know and that they're happy with, you know, even if they might move, they might have at one point thought, yeah, I'll move to the WSL and, and play for there in, in one of those teams for a bit. They might now decide, actually, I want to stay in Germany and I want to stay here at the moment. It's not the right time for me to move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, some players have come back to Britain already, so where they're going. Mm. There she it. goes. There she goes, teasing again. <laughs> You should see the grin. I wish you could see it. Claire Emsley's a prime example, isn't isn't she? So, you know, she she was playing for Orlando. She was then playing for Melbourne City. Um, lockdown kind of happened as, as they, they were finishing the league in Melbourne City. She's managed to get back to the UK, but she can't get out to the US. So she she's stuck. Um, and, you know, that's just one that you hear about. There's probably others around the world that are, are possibly in similar situations. So... So, so Claire, if you're listening and you want to come back to City for a little bit, then, you know... We'll, we'll I'm alone, yeah. <laughs> you just need somewhere to go and have a bit of a knockabout. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we can accommodate. Alan has sent a question in. Um, who do you think will be the ones to watch next season? I'll throw in what Fred said before. Jess Park could be like mm. a youngster coming through to keep an eye on. For those who have not seen her, you know, close up many times, watch her development. Esme coming back could be an interesting situation. And then, obviously, the, the, the quality standout player for me is Lauren. Just watch her develop. So, for me, if I had to choose three, maybe at different levels of their, you know, games, then go for those three, certainly, to keep an eye on. I'd like to see Lee play more as well. You know, she, she does a really good job for South Korea. And uh, so I'd like to see her breaking into the team a bit more. I think everyone would probably agree with that, really, wouldn't they? I think Lauren Hemp can will just have a fantastic season. Again, I think she can only thrive on sort of the confidence that she can take away from this season and, and build on that and carry that forward because I, I really do think she was getting some really good attention, especially towards the end of the season. There were a lot of people taking interest in her and, and sort of... Uh, complimenting her on her the way she plays so I, I think carrying that forward she'll definitely be one for a lot of people to to keep an eye on yeah I, it's an obvious answer but as Jude said before she used the, the term fearless and, and Lauren is fearless and defenders such a good word that dude fearless <laughs> <laughs> can I, you can have that one yeah <laughs> 
like yeah, it. It's, it's a good way of describing her because she does. She's just totally fearless, uh, which is the opposite to the defenders who face. She must be a nightmare to play against. She must be a nightmare to try and mark because she's got, as I said before, in my opinion, she's got a little bit of everything. So she's definitely one to watch. Mm-hmm. Obvious, but true. Yeah. And um, just to wrap things up then, I think Connie sent a question in. Which game will you be looking forward to most next season? I'll take that one. The first game that I'm allowed to go into the stadium <laughs> yeah. as a fan. Yep. Can't argue with yeah, that. Don't care, don't care who we're playing. The first one I'm allowed to go and, go and uh, be in the stadium. Oh. Hopefully on that first weekend in September when we're all allowed to go into a game, that's the one we're all looking forward to. Yeah. yeah. It won't have to be long overdue. Oh, can't <laughs> wait. Can't wait. Our, our car has just breathed a sigh of relief. You know, it's, it's missing the M6. It's, uh, you know. I don't think there's been a period in my life where I've been away from City Stadium for this long. I don't think this is the longest time I've ever been without without get into the stadium for, for whatever even to go to the shop yeah 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 I, I see it every week we we collect our shopping from asda over the road so we we see it every week <laughs> we have a little tear as we drive do you like, past. Do you like so, being out the car window like ah. yeah I, <laughs> I think i think we'll have to start doing that yeah. <laughs> i'm going to asda this week just just so i can do that myself oh it's a ma- there's always a massive queue outside don't do click and collect straight in out great <laughs> Other good supermarkets are available. <laughs> it's not as close to the stadium, though. It's been great to catch up. I think it's been nice to, to look back. I think one thing I would like to finish on is that, uh, obviously, um, is thanking the club, really, and thanking the staff and thanking the players and thanking Nick and Alan for, for what they've done for the team this season under you know difficult circumstances, especially towards the end of the season. I, I think this time is so weird and <laughs> you know unprecedented. I don't think any of us could have anticipated how the season would have finished, how it would have ended, but I think I think we can all agree for the, for the sake of safety and everyone's health and well-being it was the right decision and um despite you know where we're at now i didn't think we'll be you know reflecting on the season in this way but it's been nice to do so and it's nice to catch up with you all i'd like to add to that as well thank you to you emma again for the podcast has been brilliant again this season yeah. it keeps everyone connected you know it gives them news you know we do the little travel things on it as well so thank you to you for all the work you've put in as well this this season because I know a lot of people appreciate it. No, you can see I'm blushing. You can see it on the camera. <laughs> oh, no. Credit where credit where it's due. Credit uh, where it's due. No, I I appreciate that. It's it's been hard over the last couple of weeks to obviously uh, try and think of the content, but I think the the meet the fans segment that we did and the the chat that me and Jude had with Debs from the FSA was was really good and I think the the response and the feedback from that has been brilliant which it, right. you know, it has been great because you know we've seen a you know a few more fan groups formed and hopefully joining up to the FSA and I think into next season we'll see more fan groups and, and hopefully that support a network grow because I think it's important you know that fans views are listened to and and we can get those concerns and 
opinions and and feedback across in in making this league better and growing it to a place where i think it will get to eventually definitely well done and thank you yeah well we'll, we will be back next season in some way shape or form we will be back next season and uh, definitely you know, it's it's great to always talk to the fans and, and not just, obviously, the City fans as well, all the other fans that have contributed to the podcast this season, those, you know, fans that we spoke to from other clubs and getting their views and opinions on things. Uh, we like to keep it a little bit um, diverse, if you like. <laughs> um, so it's been a great season to cover. It's just a shame that we couldn't just see it out and just see how it would have um, turned out in the end, but... Nah, we'll win it next year, don't yeah, we? Yeah, we'll just give it a go. We've still got the FA Cup, yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> essentially we have, yeah, still got the FA Cup and we were due to play Leicester, weren't we, at home? So, you Away. know, was it? Oh, yeah, sorry. Away. So, yeah, that's an exciting one. I love playing They're meant to be going professional, aren't they, from next season? Yeah. Big, big, big move as well, mm. you know, from, from Leicester, so... Yeah, it's exciting times, and I think that's it. Like we're slowly starting to see like progression, and I think you know we're not just seeing it through the WSL; we're seeing it through the the lower leagues as well. Which yeah, I think more teams, you know, more people are taking notice, and I think it's all good for the game, really, isn't it? Aston Villa moving to Walsall is a, a good thing. That's, that's a great it. stadium. Yeah, that's a cracking <laughs> shout. That that was that's very good. I just and even, even where where Sheffield play at Chesterfield, that's a great stadium as well. Mm-hmm. Really good stadium. I, I do like the Banksy Stadium. It's uh, quite nice and easy to get stadium. to. <laughs> yes, easy. And Janet, to and Janet's next door, so what are like? Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 really good as well. I mean, big moves, like you said, we spoke about Reading before moving to the Vajeski. You know, all it, good. It's all it, it, it's yeah, great. Exactly. I know it, it's it's great because that was a big bugbear for a lot of Reading fans. It, it was quite far from them to Wickham, you know, on especially mm. like midweek games and things. So it, yeah. it, it's great. Like you say, it's all growth for the game, and that's what we all want. Yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, thank you guys. I've really enjoyed it. Um, and thank you to you guys for everything you've done for the fans this season. Um, you know, helping fans out and supporting fans with, you know, helping fans getting transport arrangements and buses and, and all the great things that you do as a supporters club because the, everyone appreciates what you do. So I know I'm speaking on behalf of everyone when I say thank you. The, the supporters club is only as good as the, the members that we have in it. and. It's not just about the committee, it's about everyone. And I think we've had good seasons and over the years and this season's been unusual, obviously, with COVID. But the fans are, and the members of the OSC are just amazing. Take care and I'll see you soon. Uh, take care. See, see you. Later. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.